Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. Thank you for joining me on my drive to work this morning. The Lakers, they got a good win between my last episode and this episode beating the Warriors, but since then it's just been loss after loss after loss. Lakers find themselves nine games below 500. They stay in the ninth seed in the West. Things are things are tough. Things are tough. I I feel like I'm repeating the same thing every episode, which is annoying. You know, like at least if the Lakers were winning, I could be like, oh, the Lakers, they did this, they did that well, they did this well. But it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And it's it's hard to watch, honestly. I understand why some of y'all might be done watching the Lakers. I know a lot of you, a lot of the people I follow on Twitter, they're still tweeting about it, so you guys are still watching it. So if any of you guys that I follow on Twitter listen to this, then I guess you know, misery loves company, right? So Lakers, my, so my last episode, the Lakers had a three game losing streak. Since then they extended that losing streak to four games. And then they got a big win against the Warriors. They beat the Warriors by eight points. I want to say some of that might have to do, might've had to do with garbage time minutes, garbage time and all that stuff. But LeBron had a huge game, 56 points which I think is one of his highest scoring games with the Lakers, if not his highest scoring. And we beat the Warriors pretty pretty well. I mean, the Warriors are without Draymond Green for a while. He's having some back issues and whatnot. But in the words that they've been struggling, especially without Draymond Green. But it was a big win. I mean, that's the like the Lakers can get those types of wins. Even without Anthony Davis. The Warriors, again, without Draymond Green, they've been they've been playing worse. They they're down in the I want to say in the third seed in the West, they were in the second. So they are struggling, but I mean, they're still one of the better teams in the Western Conference right now. And the Lakers beat them well. I mean, it had to do, LeBron carried the team on his back, scoring 56 points and all that stuff. But it's still, I mean, without Anthony Davis, we beat one of the best teams in the West. And then since then, we've gone and we've lost to the Spurs by seven, and we lost by nine to the Houston Rockets in overtime and the Rockets if you don't if you're not aware are the worst team in the NBA record actually after they beat the Lakers last night they might be tied for the worst record now they aren't they aren't the they don't have the absolute worst record but they might be tied with the magic now so I just it's one of those things where it's like you just don't know what you're going to expect and that's why I said in my last episode every every game I watch for the Lakers I'm assuming they're going to lose by 15 that way I, I don't that way I, I don't get my hopes up. I don't get I don't get upset because even though the Lakers, even though the Lakers should be able to beat all these teams they they don't and I have to expect them to lose by 15 because they're losing to the Houston Rockets by 9. I mean the Rockets to be fair in overtime they went off. They didn't 
I don't know if they missed a three-pointer. They they went like five for five or, or something like that, four for four. I don't even know, but they they went off. They even had one three-pointer waved off because they shot it after the shot clock, just, just after the shot clock. It got waved off, but it still went in. So, like, even the ones that didn't count, they were making. So, they so in that game, I mean, it's tough because when a team gets hot, a team gets hot. The Rockets got hot. They put up, like, 13 points in two minutes. And the Lakers had zero points. It was a 13-0 run in two minutes. And when that stuff happens, I mean, there's no, there's only so much you can do. But still, it's the Houston Rockets. And the, the thing is, the common denominator to all of this for the Lakers is defense and it's been that the entire season defense 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 guess what watching the Spurs game a couple nights ago the problem was defense they could have won that game but they couldn't they they literally could not guard San Antonio without fouling them down the stretch they could not they couldn't they just couldn't stop fouling and I don't know if it's because they're lazy they don't move their feet if they feel like they're undersized so they have to be a little more physical or maybe a little bit of everything. Either way, they their defense is atrocious, and it's and it this isn't anything that's new, by the way. I'm just this is something that's like it's extremely clear at this point in the season what the Lakers' issues are. They have terrible spacing on offense, and they can't play defense. Their only good defender, honestly, at this point, is Anthony Davis, and he's been he's been hurt. And even then, when he was healthy earlier this season, wasn't playing that good. He was playing a lot better after he came back from the MCL sprain, but they don't have any good defender. I mean, like LeBron can play good defense, but he's you know the last few games he's been kind of outside of the Warriors game. The last few games outside of the Warriors game, he's been kind of out of it. It seems like he's not really playing great defense. You know, Russell Westbrook isn't playing good defense. Like he can play good one-on-one defense if he has to. But when it comes to rotations and stuff, he's leaving guys wide open at the three-point line. Um, Carmelo Anthony is atrocious. He's The thing is that with Anthony Davis out, Carmelo Anthony has been in the game down the stretch in these close games. And he can't play defense for the life of him. He He's out on rotations. Guys are getting wide open threes. He is letting people cut to the basket. He doesn't want to get bodied down low. He's not a big man. He's not a big man, but he's playing big man minutes. You know, like the thing is... I get Carmelo Anthony is a three-point shooter, and if it's a close game, you want your three-point shooter in or whatever. At, at this point, when it comes down to, like, in the Spurs game, right, the Spurs have a little more size than the Lakers right now. Put Dwight Howard in. Just put him in. Get We need size. Like, we're probably going to lose the game anyway. Let's at least not look like idiots down there. We're, let's have a guy that can actually, like, defend the rim, you know? It's just so frustrating, honestly. So, Lakers defense continues to struggle, and it, I mean, it's it's obviously it's clear, like that is the easy answer for what is the difference between this year's Lakers team and previous Lakers teams. The difference is defense. The Lakers had one of the best defenses in the NBA the previous two seasons. They were able to shut teams down and all that stuff. This season, there we're giving up. I know it was an overtime, but we gave up, gave up 139 points to the to the Houston Rockets. Again, the worst team in the NBA. I know it was overtime, but I mean it's only five added minutes. They 
And they, I mean, they did go off. They did score like 15 points in those five minutes, but still, I mean, we're giving up so many points to teams. We gave, we lost to the Clippers last week, like 134 to 111. And, and mind you, this is a Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard and without Paul George. We gave up 35 points to Reggie Jackson, who is a, he's a good player in his own right, but we shouldn't be giving up 35 points to Reggie Jackson or 30 points to Marcus Morris, right? Like, that's just not... We should be able... The Lakers should be able to to shut shut guys down. Like, it's just unbelievable. We don't have one go-to lockdown defender. I mean, Avery Bradley's a good, a decent defender, like, for point guards or smaller guys. Uh, Austin Reeves can play some good defense against, again, guards. But we don't have, and I mean, this is nothing new, obviously, but we don't have, excuse me, we don't have a good wing defender that can guard someone that's, you know, 6'5 and taller, 6'6 and taller, right? It's like, it's just, it's just awful. So the Lakers find themselves nine games below 500 in the ninth seed. The eighth seed is the Clippers right now. They're 35 and 33. The Lakers are 28 and 37. So it seems unlikely that the Lakers in the last month of the season will be able to jump the the Clippers at this point, which is which is astonishing, honestly. But that's I mean that's what happens. We lost the Clippers four times a season. That's the that's almost the difference right there. <laughs> So, the team that we're below, we've lost almost four times to. So, the Lakers are in the ninth seed. The tenth seed, I think, is the Pelicans currently, who the Lakers lost to by 30 about a week or two ago. And that's who the Lakers are slated to play in the play-in tournament if if things stay the same as they are right now, which, I mean, if the Lakers keep losing, they might get jumped by by the Pelicans. The Pelicans right now are... I think 12 games below 500, I want to say, 11 or 12. And the Lakers are 9, so it's like a two-game difference. The Pelicans are like two games below the Lakers uh, in the 10th seed right now. So it's possible if the Lakers keep losing and if the Pelicans keep playing well that the Lakers will get jumped by them. At the end of the day, doesn't between the 9th and the 10th seed, doesn't really matter, aside from home court advantage, I suppose. I think if... If you're the ninth seed, when you play the tenth seed, the ninth seed gets home court advantage in that game. But then, the, if you the winner of that game doesn't doesn't get home court advantage against the seventh or eighth seed, so that's the only thing that really matters. Which I will say, like, I mean, I would much rather the Lakers play the Pelicans at home than away. Although the Lakers lost when they lost the Pelicans by thirty, they lost at home. So there's that. I don't know the timetable for Anthony Davis's return because that's the the thing is is like. It sounds crazy, but if the Lakers can get Anthony Davis back soon enough before the playing tournament game, at the very least, it gives the Lakers, and if he looks good, it gives the Lakers a good chance to at least make the playoffs. The thing is, like, the question right now for the Lakers is are they going to make the playoffs? Which is insane to even think about. We were thinking about this for the Clippers because we knew Kawhi was going to be out. We didn't know Paul George was going to be out, but we were like, oh, like they'll maybe make the eighth seed, you know? 
and then maybe Kawhi will come back and they'll make a run. The Lakers find themselves in that position, partially due to Anthony Davis's injuries, partially due to some injuries from LeBron earlier in the season. Like, the Lakers did deal with a lot of injuries, but also at the same time, I, I've been saying this since for a while now, at least since Anthony Davis came back, the Lakers have been health, as healthy as they've been all season for a while, and they still suck. So, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. And so Anthony Davis, if he can come back, right, the Lakers can make a run in the playing tournament, right? If we can beat the Pelicans and if we can beat the Clippers or, gosh, who's a seventh seed? I should, I forget it. I'm, I'm blanking right now. Like, it's a, it's a doable task, right? It's like LeBron and Anthony Davis, if they play at their best, if they're playing playoff-level basketball, they can lead a team to beat just about anybody in the league. They're playing at high lit. At different times, they've been playing at high levels this season. So it's it's not out of the question. It's just a matter of, like, when he comes back, will he be healthy enough? You know, it, it's the same issue as last season, right? Like, Anthony Davis and LeBron were out, all, like, a ton of the season. They come back. They're seemingly healthy in the first round. I mean, in the play-in tournament, we beat the Warriors, get the seventh seed. And then from there, we play the Suns. And the Lakers, I've said this a ton on the podcast, Lakers were in a position to actually beat the Suns in the first round, and then Anthony Davis goes down again. So we find ourselves in a very similar position, potentially, if Anthony Davis comes back, and then who knows if he stays healthy or not. But if he stays healthy, I think the Lakers have a better chance. I mean, obviously they do, but the Lakers have a better chance if Anthony Davis comes back doesn't mean it's a for sure thing by any means but I like the Lakers chance you know I like the Lakers with Anthony Davis against the Pelicans I like the Lakers with Anthony Davis against the Clippers and and whatnot so I it would make me feel a lot better if Anthony Davis could come back sooner than later but and his injury was like an ankle sprain so it's one of those things where it's like not in theory it's not a long-term injury it's just a matter on matter of whether or not he himself is ready to come back and you know the team is extra careful with Anthony Davis because he does get hurt a good amount and all that stuff so all that being said the Lakers I feel like every every loss for the Lakers is a new rock bottom you know like this loss of the Rockets last night is just going into the game you know I've been saying how I've been kind of pessimistic about the Lakers in the games and what I expect from them going into this game I was like well at least and the Spurs game for that matter but for the Rockets especially I was going into the game like well at least the Lakers can get a win it'll maybe help boost morale we can you know god we can get on a run maybe like who knows nope gonna lose by nine in overtime so, the Lakers are a mess right now. If the Lakers can make the playoffs, if the Lakers can even win a few games in the playoffs, I'll count that as a win at this point. My expectations are very, very low for the Lakers. And at this point, I've talked about this before, but I'm a you know I'm in the camp of like let's just blow it up. Let's look into trading LeBron. Look into trading Anthony Davis. I'm not saying like those are the right answers, but they can't be off the table. I love Anthony Davis. I wish 
at his best, he is at his at his peak. He is still a top five, top ten player in the league. But with his injury history, it is, seems to be catching up. LeBron's getting old. He is, doesn't seem super committed. Like, and I say LeBron's getting old. He's still playing at a high level, which is why the Lakers should look into trading him. Like, he, they can still get a good amount back for LeBron if the deal is right. So, again, maybe not a popular opinion. Maybe it sounds wrong because LeBron is the only – he's been the only good <laughs> factor in this season. Like, he's been the one that's been – playing the best all season but at this point with the Lakers and and everything it's just we we they messed it up so bad this season that there's nothing left to do but to like I like Austin Reeves hold on to Austin Reeves hold on to THT hold on to the young guys hold on to Malik Monk Malik Monk is awesome but the big contracts Westbrook Davis LeBron it's not a for sure thing that these guys are gonna I mean, Westbrook and the Lakers, I believe, they've already, like, agreed to look into trades in the offseason. So that's happening. Um, LeBron, with his age, again, he's playing at a high level, but with his age, he's not... He's just not here for the long term. So, like, at a certain point, you got to cut your losses and start preparing for either either the long term or make a big trade to get better in the short term. Or both, right? Get some picks. Get some guys. Same thing with Anthony Davis. Like, Last season when the Lakers uh, extended Anthony Davis, traded for Dennis Schroeder, got Montres Harrell, it was kind of like, okay, the Lakers are preparing to build around Anthony Davis. Like, this team's going to be good. And then we lose all the, we lose that entire team, except for Anthony Davis. Now Anthony Davis, like every season, well, it seems to be getting worse, right? He, his, his best season with the Lakers was his first season. He was hurt a ton the next season and then this season he's also been hurt a ton so we're one for two one for three right one in, yeah one for yeah one for three um, with Anthony Davis and I'm just not it's one of those things where it's like it's just not he's not Mike Trout or someone right, like that where he's like getting better every season right like with the Lakers he had a good season and now he's getting worse every season so it's just something to look into Again, I like Anthony Davis. I would, I my preference would be to keep Anthony Davis to have a big guy that can move like him, can shoot like him. Like, I that's that is the ideal NBA player, right? If he can stay healthy, and that's 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 been the issue. So, and I know health isn't guaranteed for anybody, right? The Lakers could trade Anthony Davis for somebody, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, whoever, right? And those guys can get hurt. Jimmy Butler gets hurt all the time, too. So it's like the injury thing is tough because it's not a guaranteed thing that trading Anthony Davis for someone else won't just bring in a guy that also gets hurt a ton. But it's just something the Lakers have to look into. How can we rebuild this team the best way possible? Is it holding on to Anthony Davis and trading LeBron? Is it holding on to LeBron for a little while, a little bit longer, trading Anthony Davis? The only sure thing at this point is where the Lakers will be trading Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's the only for sure thing, which, you know, shouldn't have happened in the first place, in my opinion. But at the very least, they're not, there's not some weird, like, stubbornness going along with it. So, the Lakers have been a bit of a train wreck this season. I, if you're still watching, I commend you. I am still watching, because I do this podcast. 
I will say I'm not watching with the fervor that I was earlier in the season. I'm not quite as locked into every single game, but I'm still watching. I'm still following. So credit to you if you're still watching. Credit to you if you're even listening to this right now, because it's one thing to watch the game. It's another thing to listen to someone talk about it and talk about how bad they are. <laughs> Unless, again, misery loves company. So if you want to be miserable, we're being miserable together. The Lakers, it's, it's awful. So the Lakers are nine games below 500 in the ninth seed. Can the Lakers hold on to that ninth seed? That's the question. Can they win two games in the play-on tournament? That's the question. Can the Lakers get Anthony Davis back? Can the Lakers be as healthy as possible? Uh, we, I mean, we haven't even talked about Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn hasn't played all season. What's the issue with him? The Lakers. So this is the question. Uh, this is maybe going on a bit of a tangent. I was about to transition, but this is a bit of a tangent. The Lakers traded for Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn has, you know, I don't know when this bone bruise in his knee originated. If it even is that. A bone, I don't know what a bone bruise is. I've had knee, knee injuries. I know knee injuries are scary and, 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 and all that stuff. I don't know what a bone bruise is or what it feels like exactly. I'm sure it's painful. But a bone bruise, you're an NBA, for an NBA player, a bone bruise is going to keep you out the entire season? It's going to keep you out the same amount of time as a torn ACL? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right to me. So, I don't know if he had this injury before the Lakers uh, acquired him or if it came afterwards. But if it came before, sorry, there's a tire in the road. Um, if it came before, then, I mean, shame on the Lakers for not looking into the, the injuries and him, the physical and all that stuff, which makes that makes me feel like it came after they, they acquired him, but I honestly don't know. Um, but he's been out the entire season. He hasn't played all season. I'm not saying that Kedrick Nunn would have saved the Lakers or would have made a huge difference. But it just seems weird. It just seems really fishy that he has an injury that was called a bone bruise and has been out the entire season. It's either it, it, I mean, it has to be either something worse than that, and the Lakers aren't letting everyone know, or maybe there's something going on in the background where Kendrick Nunn doesn't want to play for the Lakers, and they're just holding on to him until they can, you know, make it I don't know I honestly I have no idea but the Kendrick Nunn thing is a little fishy I don't fully understand it I don't know if anyone really does I don't know that the Lakers are being completely forthright with the media the fans and everything about that situation um maybe he's ready to come back but they're just at this point they're like what's the point I don't know if I I mean personally as a Lakers fan I'd love to see him play even just one game like, even if it's the last game of the season, throw him out there if he's ready, you know? Like, that's how, that's how I feel. So, that's a weird situation. Anyways, that was a bit of a tangent. Um, Lakers, nine games below 500 in the ninth seed. Like I mentioned, the questions really are, can the Lakers stay in the ninth seed? Can the Lakers win two games, make the playoffs? Will Anthony Davis come back? Will he be healthy? How healthy will the Lakers be as a team? And can they make a run? I think there's a world world in which they can. The playoffs are, I mean, it's not totally, like, so different from the regular season, but it's different enough, right? You're playing the same team at least four times. The game slows down a little bit, which benefits LeBron, benefits Anthony Davis. There's a world in which, I haven't mentioned, right, like, Chris Paul, he's hurt. 
So, like, if the Lakers at this point, if they make the playoffs, they're making the playoffs as the eighth seed, which means they're most likely playing the Suns in the first round again. And Chris Paul is currently hurt with, like, a broken wrist. So he's out. Chris Paul, again, he's, like, the leader of the team. But the, the, the Suns are talented, right? You have Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Bridges, all these dudes, right? Like, they're a talented team, even without Chris Paul. So it would be tough for the Lakers to beat the Suns, even without Chris Paul. Um, but, I mean, it does help, right, if he's not fully totally healthy. Same thing with last season, right? He wasn't totally healthy. He missed a few games against the Lakers in the first round. And the Lakers look good up until Anthony Davis got hurt. So... Injuries could be huge. The thing is, like, if the Lakers could just make the playoffs, having Anthony Davis and LeBron could be enough. You look at you look at LeBron with the Cavs back in 2018, right? That team at that point, like, he was the guy. He was the guy. You had, like, J.R. Smith and Kevin Love, whatever, but LeBron was the guy. And they made a run and got to the finals. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to go to the finals. I'm not even saying the Lakers should be considered a championship contender at this point. But if the Lakers can make the playoffs, there is a small chance that if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, they could they could make a run. It's a big if. The Lakers defense is so bad, has been so bad in the regular season that if it stays the same in the playoffs, they're they're toast. That's that's the thing. It's like if the Lakers can't play defense, they don't have a chance to win any games. That's why they're losing to the Rockets and the Spurs. We're losing to bad teams because we don't play defense. We can't... We can't... We're giving up too many threes. We're fouling teams too much. It's just... That's... I mean... The thing is, is like with the Lakers, it's either they... It's either they... Don't play defense and lose, or they play decent defense, and but they don't have enough offense, right? It's like... It's, I feel like it's, it's either one or the other. Neither, neither hit at the same time. It's neither, like, good defense and good offense. It's always, like, good offense, bad defense, <laughs> good defense, bad offense. Like, it's, that seems to be the case. Like, there's games where the Lakers are, it's like 95 to 90, right? Or, in this case, it's 130 to 139. It, so, it's like, I don't, you know, they're, they, don't demand, they don't command the game enough. They just kind of go with the flow. Whatever the other team is doing, they also do is kind of how it feels. Like, if the other team isn't playing with a ton of effort on offense, they're not playing with a ton of effort on offense. If another team is playing with a ton of effort on defense, they play with more effort on I don't know. It just seems like they kind of, like, match the other team way too much, which puts them in the positions to why they're playing in overtime so much and why they're losing games to bad teams and all that stuff. So all that being said is if the Lakers don't, figure it out in the playoffs if they if they make the playoffs then they're toast but you can never count out Anthony Davis and LeBron James if Anthony Davis is healthy now the thing is is like that is way too many what-ifs for me for the Lakers right like if you're dealing with a team that has that many what-ifs they're most likely toast they're most likely done whether they make the playoffs or not either they're not making the playoffs or they're making it and losing in the first round when you have that many what ifs, but that's also the thing. The thing with being a sports fan is those what ifs are what keep 
us watching, right? Like, that's what keeps me interested in watching, is the fact that the Lakers do technically still have a chance. And with LeBron and with Anthony Davis, you have to, you you just have to think that they will figure it out. If they don't, they don't. But if they do, it could be crazy. So that's what I'm looking forward to with the Lakers right now is, like, I know things are annoying and tough and they suck and they keep losing to bad teams and all that stuff, but the small chance in which they pull out two wins in the playing tournament and and make the playoffs and then can put up a fight in the first even just in the first round, like that would be fun enough at this point. Still frustrating, but fun enough that it, it keeps me watching. So I hope you're still watching. If you're not still watching I highly, highly, highly recommend that you watch um, Winning Time on HBO. Now, I've only seen the first episode. The first episode premiered last Sunday. I wanted to talk about it a little sooner, but I couldn't get on the pod until today. Um, first episode premiered last Sunday. It comes out every week. I think there's going to be 10 episodes. I think it was really good. I know I'm a biased Lakers fan, so like any sort of Lakers content like this, like I'm pumped to watch. Um, I thought it was good. I... It's done by Adam McKay, who does who uh, did the Big Short, so it has a similar vibe to kind of like that, where like there's scenes where characters like talk to the camera, like they're talking to the audience, you know. I think we call that breaking the fourth dimension, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a, like a, I'm not a like a film nerd guy or whatever, but um, they like talk to the camera, kind of, you know. So it has like that kind of vibe to it, and it seems like it's it's made really well, like. The, it's obviously like takes so it starts off in like 79 right when Jerry Buss acquires the Lakers so it has that like late 70s 80s vibe it's done well I mean there's the things that I've seen that people don't like about it right are like the the way that it's edited is edited like it has like a as if it was like old school film or like kind of fuzzy-ish almost and like an orangey tint to it to kind of give it like that 70s 80s vibe you know do i think it needed that probably not but it's just like a creative stylistic choice that like for me it doesn't get in the way of watching it personally now people have had questions like in the first episode jerry west is perceived as being like this you know rage aholic like guy that can't go five minutes without losing his temper and, like, can't stand having lost to the Celtics so many times and the fact that he won an MVP in the finals when they lost to the Celtics, things like that. Which, again, is that true? I don't know, probably a little bit. I'm sure there's some truth to it. But that's the point. Like, I I was reading this one article that just, like, went in on the show and was just, like, tearing it to pieces. And they are like they're perceiving Jerry West as being like this they're making it seem like this this and this and you know the thing is is like this isn't a documentary so it's not going to be 100% true true you know like it's 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 based on a book by Jeff Perlman called Showtime that is based you know obviously he has his sources and does his his stuff so it's like it's a game of telephone right like you have a guy writing a book based on things that people are telling him and then you have a tv show based on a book about a guy that wrote a book that has people telling him things right the nba and the lakers i don't think had a huge involvement like magic johnson wasn't involved all that stuff 
I don't, I, the thing is like, there's truth, there's truth in it. Is it a hundred percent true? I don't, probably not. It's, it's supposed to be funny. It's comedic. It's dramatic to get people captured into it. So like in that sense, like it doesn't bother me that much personally. I, and if it bothers you, I would, I would just remind you like, this is just a, a drama based on a real life story. It's not a documentary. It's not meant to be 100% truthful. It's going to have things in there that are not fully true. I mean, that's any any movie or TV show based on a true story. They always say this is based on true events or whatever. It's it's not it's not 100% factual. It's not everything in this movie or in this TV show actually happened. So it, it's supposed to give you an idea. It's supposed to give you a, a vibe, an essence, a, an idea of just what happened and some things in there are 100% true down to like in the first episode they had the scene the famous scene with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the movie Airplane with the little kid you know like that was I actually haven't seen that movie personally but that the scene from what I've seen of that scene and heard of it was pretty much down to like exact truth oh yeah he had another issue with um, this article had another issue with Kareem and how they portrayed him as being like kind of a mean guy or, or, or whatever. And it's like, Kareem did have some issues, right? He wasn't just like a nice dude. We see him as being a nice dude now that he's an old, older man and like, seems like a sweet old man and is, uh, is at NBA games and, you know, things like that. But like, he wasn't always that way. You know, I watched the HBO documentary on him. You'll learn that he wasn't, he wasn't always just like a nice dude. Um, so I think like the people that have issues with it are really stretching to have issues with it. In my opinion, I don't think it's, I think people that I've talked to personally have liked it. Um, I think the TV critics, the movie, the film critics have issues with it because it's different and tries to be shocking personally. I think it's trying to like do something that's a little different, do something that, you know, we personally, I don't know that we've seen a sports TV show or movie do something that looks like this. This looks totally different. So I think in that sense, like that's why the film people don't like it or maybe I've had some more critiques on it, but as a, as a fan, as an audience person, I, I think it was great. So all that to say is if you are looking for something else besides the Lakers, like the actual Lakers to watch, I would definitely recommend watching winning time. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I haven't read the book Showtime. I actually just ordered it because I want to try and read it along with watching the show to see, to see like if the book portrays these people as a certain way that, that the TV show, like if the TV show is being like hyperbolic from the book or if the TV show is like taking what, what the book is saying, you know, because I don't know. I mean, I know a good amount about the Showtime era, but down to the nitty gritty of like, was Jerry West a rageaholic kind of guy? Did he have a temper? I don't know. I mean, like, I know he was, like, not a super chill guy, right? I know that he, like, was very intense, very intense personality. So in that sense, like, makes sense having a short temper. But to the extent that the TV show portrays it, I'm curious, like, how does Jeff Perlman write about it, right? Things like that. So in that sense, I am, uh, I'd recommend also reading that book if you, if you like reading. I've talked about it before, but read Showboat about Kobe Bryant, Three uh, Three Ring Circus. That was another Jeff Perlman one. Um, 
and what else? I just finished a book called LeBron Inc. It's about LeBron off the court and his business ventures and, and pursuits. Super interesting book. Um, it's a pretty easy read. It's by Brian Windhorst, who's like you know famous reporter with uh, I think he was with ESPN. I don't know if he still is or not. Um, definitely recommend that book. It's an easy read. Again, it's nothing like crazy or like super earth shattering necessarily, but it gives a good insight to what we, a lot of us probably already know about LeBron and his business ventures and whatnot. Um, so definitely recommend all of those things if you're if you're interested. I mentioned the Cream documentary on HBO. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Showtime, if you're looking for more Showtime era stuff, the 30 for 30 series, um, Lakers versus Celtics. That one is a good one. It's a it's a long it's long. If, if you're looking for a lot of content, if you haven't seen it before, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, go back and watch it. I just watched it again recently. Um, that one's good. So, again, there's a lot of good Lakers stuff out there. If you uh, find yourself depressed and miserable from watching the real life Lakers, <laughs> go ahead and go watch and read some of these things. Anyways, it's so good. I appreciate you guys listening. If you've made it this far, um, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Rate on Spotify. Give us five stars or whatever you think, honestly. I'm down for some honest feedback. Hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Lakers Carpool, or my personal account, Brooksy. That's with two Ys at the end. Um, again, I, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm